about everything going on at the moment. It leads to some pretty interesting and different interviews. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Happy New Year to all listeners of the official Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And yes, even we're taking each game as it comes has a new ring about it these days when you can't take anything for granted. Another Welsh derby off this weekend, but both Cardiff and the Ospreys in action, both up in Scotland, where games have also been called off, but hopefully they'll go ahead this weekend. Cardiff's only game since before the November internationals were the two European matches with their much-changed squad. Director of Rugby Die Young had plenty to talk about, starting with the big transfer news of the week, with it being confirmed Wales and Lions fullback Liam Williams will be joining Cardiff next season. Well, it's a big signing, obviously, because he's a quality player, experienced player, and, you know, we haven't got too many uh, players within our squad who've got that type of experience and rugby knowledge. So, you know, we, we're really pleased to get Liam on board and, you know, we think he's going to be a big plus for us both on and off the field. You see some fans maybe question when a, a Wales player arrives how much Cardiff fans will actually see of him. He's only played four times for the Scarlets, but injury plays its part in that as well. What can he bring to you in that limited time that he might actually be available for you? Well, obviously, we're hoping he's going to play more than four games. That's, um, you know, that goes outside. And I think if you look at his past history, he's averaged in double figures every season. And that's what we're looking for our senior internationals, because, you know, obviously, any players in the 38 has a good game limit. You know, Wales play anything between sort of 12 and 16 internationals. So even if they fully fit right through the season, you're probably going to get 10 or 12 games out of them, if you're lucky, really, if they are obviously regular senior internationals. What we think he can do is demonstrate to a lot of the young players within our squad what it takes to be a player of that quality, what it takes to have the ability to keep going out on the pitch and putting the performance in, which we know he's capable of game after game, really. So, you know, we really do feel that he's going to be a real good role model for the youngsters that's, that's coming through. We also see him bringing that very strong in the eyeball. We all know that. And he's got the ability to, to beat the first uh, defender. So he will add to our attacking game and adds into our defensive game as well. So, you know, we all know that he's a top quality British Lions player and they he not always get the luck to get them to the players on board. Yeah, and you've got Talupe Falatau coming as well next season, Thomas Young as well. Are you happy with the work you've managed to get done so far? And what other areas are you looking to strengthen ahead of the next season? Behind, I think we're pretty sorted now. I think, you know, we're comfortable with what we've got behind. Comfortable in the back row. What we'd like to do is strengthen the front five. And that's that's an ongoing process, really. But I think if we talk to most teams, and you know, not just teams in Wales, I think most teams across Europe, everybody's looking for these big, early lock forwards and big mobile scrummaging front row. So, you know, we're one of many teams that's looking for the same type of players, really. So... It's a fine balance between developing the players that you've got and making them better, but bringing in some quality as well that can enhance their development and obviously make us more competitive. You and, a, and the squad must be itching to finally play again. Yeah, I got my fingers crossed because until we until we kick off in this crazy world that you know that we got, we've you know we've been more or less ready 
uh, this time, uh, this stage of the week for three or four games now. And obviously they've gone awry, really. So we've got a clean bill of health uh, this week so far. So, you know, hopefully that uh, continues and hopefully Edinburgh have as well. Because until we actually we kick the ball and we start going, you know, anything can happen in this world. But we're really looking forward to, to getting the game and, we, and we're pretty hopeful we're gonna, that's going to happen this week. The Elite 38 plays a part in it, but you haven't suddenly come into a lottery win, have you? The Elite 38 plays a big part in that. I think everybody knows we've got a squad of 53, which we want to reduce. We've been talking about an eight for a while, and Alam's going out the other way. Obviously, his medical um, profession, really. So, you know, there's an opportunity there. We believe we still need to keep on looking and try and strengthen the front five if we can. I think we've been pretty um, prudent in the way we've spent the money, really. And, you know, there is still money available if we can find the right players at the right time. Are you almost feeling like you're walking a tightrope each week, you know, at the moment in particular? To be honest, I've never experienced anything like it. Forget South Africa for a minute. Just, you know, we've been back here the last three or four weeks, you know. We probably picked four different teams last week. You pick a team early in the week to prepare, then uh, then you have two guys that have issues, either personally or family-related COVID issues. So you end up changing the team three or four times a week. But not only that, is our hinders training, you know, because uh, you can't do live scrums or live malls pretty much you can't have meetings any longer than 15 minutes and they have to be outside so they've gone down really well as you can imagine the weather we've had over the last sort of two weeks having 15 meeting outside so it doesn't only make selection difficult it just means preparation so difficult as well and you're constantly thinking what if what if this guy is not available? What if this guy is not available? So it's a real challenging period, really. And, some, and as you said, you've just got to adapt. And this is what we said to the players. you just got to adapt. We've got to expect the unexpected. And the team could change three or four times a week. But, you know, we just have to get on with it. But at the end of the day, we just want to play rugby now. Just wondering, over the last three, four weeks coming out of isolation, have you noticed anything different have you pulled anyone into the main squad on the back of what they did have you noticed James you know like to James Botham Seb Davis stepped up you know Dallas Josh people like that we knew would step up but it seemed a step forward for them taking that level of responsibility in those games have you come out of that period and thought there are things that we're building on from that period I was really pleased to answer your question in probably another way I was really pleased with obviously the squad that played when we were away but people like Seb, you're absolutely right, that had to take much more of a leadership role and, and Jimbo as well. So, you know, you are right to say that in that period, if anything, they had to mature, you know, where when we're all here and we've got a full uh, squad, there's more senior guys there that probably will lead and they will do a bit more of the following. So I definitely helped a number of players. They have two prime examples. But for us, it was just great to get them games on more regular guys, I thought, did a great job with uh, some of the younger players around them and some of the semi-pros. And I think they've taken confidence from that. So, And as well as that, I'm hoping, although quantity didn't do us any good, but I'd like to think it's brought us a bit closer together, you know, because it was a difficult period and, and we stuck together with, and hopefully we've come out the end a bit of a closer unit as well. Which is an interesting way of looking at it. He talks about James Botham there, excellent in those European games against Toulouse and Harlequins, despite returning from injury. 
He was just 24 hours away from being part of the trip to South Africa as well, prevented by a niggling injury, as he explains. But first, he's looking forward to his first match of the season with the full Cardiff squad available. Yeah, no, definitely. With having the shoulder operation and stuff and being out for a while, it'd be really good to get back out with the boys, especially full team. And to happen, obviously, we brought a few uh, boys who wouldn't usually be playing in um, and they all performed. But like I say, we've been training for three, four weeks now solidly and we've had no games. So, yeah, it'd be nice to, to get everyone back out there and actually start playing some rugby because I've only had two games a season. So the more the merrier, really. Yeah, you wouldn't know it, judging by your performances against Quinns and Toulouse. How are you feeling in your own game after that long period out? Like I say, coming in fresh, I, I prefer that myself. I'm sure boys do. But um, like anything, the longer you play, the more you get into sync and the better it goes. But yeah, no, it's great to come back. And I think the fact that it was just go out there, enjoy yourself and play for the both games uh, made a hell of a difference for everyone. And uh, I just enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Couldn't have asked for two games to come back into. And uh, yeah, it was a great result in, in the aspect of it. Obviously, we lost. But um, it was, I think in the game, as it goes, we were in it for a lot longer than people thought. Yeah, Di mentioned how a few relatively younger players stepped up in terms of responsibility. We think of you as one of the younger guard, whether it's for Cardiff or Wales, but I guess in that context, you were one of the more seasoned types in those two games. Yeah, definitely. Um, like coming in, it was a bit of a shock to the system. Originally going to get on the plane South Africa, go out there with all the boys, and then suddenly uh, playing two games and yeah, one, technically one of the senior boys. Um, but like I say, it was just, just another game. You kind of just get used to it and it becomes just the norm, really. And you just take that role and then your role is to help the younger boys come through. And then it, it obviously worked. All the boys are playing well together and enjoying themselves. Is it nice to know that with the Six Nations on the horizon that you're back hitting your straps and playing well for Cardiff? Yeah, definitely. Just getting games, really. Just giving game time and showing them uh, that you can do the same thing consistently and that's what they like. So I'm hoping the game's on this weekend. We have no uh, hiccups and stuff. And then it's just just the game after the game after, really. We saw a kind of bit of a highlights reel from you uh, against Quinns. We saw your footwork, you scored a try and you sat Alex Dombrand down with a hell of a tackle as well. As a back rower, what kind of element of that play, what, what do you take most pride in? It was, the pride all came from the way the boys, there's nothing to my individual game. The pride came from how all the boys stuck in for so long and the halftime result showed it. It was only the last 15, 20 minutes that they broke away. So yeah, the pride came from enjoying it and actually just seeing what boys who hadn't even been in the system before, younger boys who'd come through, how they all stepped up and how they worked together. It was great. Before the South Africa trip, we were all kind of feeling sorry for you because you had that heel injury, which meant you couldn't go out. It almost turned out to be a little bit of a blessing in disguise for you, didn't it? You you missed out on what all the other boys went through and you had those two games. It's, it's kind of funny the way things work out sometimes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was, um day before when it got called that I wasn't going, I was absolutely livid, gutted, explaining why could I not go out kind of thing. And then obviously that got announced in the press and I was thinking, oh, they could actually be stuck out there. And when they were, I was thinking, how has this happened to me? Like the luck from it and then actually getting to play two games uh, or else if I hadn't, I would have been oh, I would have been out and not playing any games for a period of time, which would have been, in my eyes, way too long. So no, it was good to get the two games in. And just the luck there was unbelievable. When were you pulled out of the South Africa trip? How close to going were you? Uh, the day before. It was the day before they announced um, that they didn't think it was right. I tried the week leading on to it, running and all that stuff. It just wasn't right. So they ended up saying it's not, not going to be worth it. <laughs> As you say, very lucky. There was a lot of onus put on you not having played because of injury, the likes of Seb Davis to take on that leadership role that, you know, the amount of time, your age and everything means that there are more experienced players around normally. Will you look back on that period and think 
those two games, that step up, that was actually really good for me. Yeah, no, definitely. It was it was massive, especially coming back from a long period of being out and then having those two games to kind of get yourself rallied up and get the boys around you going. It, yeah, it made a hell of a difference. And I don't think I'll ever get an opportunity like that. Like a lot of times and a lot of times in the season, you don't really get the opportunities with what's happened with COVID. I don't think that'll ever happen again, touch what it doesn't. But yeah, like everything, it's just taking an opportunity and then going for it. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Lucky escape indeed, but James Botham certainly made the most of those opportunities. Now on to the Ospreys and their head coach Toby Booth, still licking their wounds after a narrow defeat to the Scarlets. You've got to convert, churn your pressure and your opportunities into points and if they don't manifest themselves on the scoreboard, you leave yourself vulnerable to the sucker punch and that's exactly what happened. Were you pleased with uh, individual performances? I'm thinking the likes of uh, Reese Webb, maybe Will Griffiths and, and Jack Morgan. I thought there was a lot to be positive about, if I'm honest. We've talked about growing, you know, a style from the outset. And, you know, some of that style really came through in that game. I thought we were definitely ambitious. I thought we looked to play and get on the front foot. I thought, as you say, there were some people that were instrumental to that. Young Josh did really well at, at 10 um, and got a lot of minutes, which is great for him. Jack Morgan, you know, goes from strength to strength, high visibility. I know it was a, a, a poignant match for him, obviously going back to his old team. He certainly aimed up and, you know, Will Griff, who's getting better and better, becoming a bit of a leader, actually, in the group. Everybody's looking for powerful second rows, aren't they? You seem to be doing a pretty good job of developing them. What do you think the key is to that and just having someone like Alan Wynn in the environment? Is that part of the the reason why you seem to have a, a um, you know, Adam Beard still quite young, but you've got a couple of quite good other ones coming through too? Yeah, well, obviously, when you contribute so many second rows to an international programme, you need a lot. So that's the first thing is a need. And that's why we're growing our own is really important. Bringing young talent like Jack Regan, for example, with potential, that potential is good. And we've got a nice balance with, as you say, Alan and Brad Davis, who probably brings a lot of expertise into the dark art side of things. So we're certainly uh, really pleased with the quality we have in that area. It's one of those positions that you can't do without because it's a very power orientated position. If they're getting coached on the field by the coaches and by their peers, you know, in the changing rooms and, and in the moment, then if they've got the talent and they've got the effort, their potential gets reached quickly so yeah it's exciting for us because you know those boys that we've mentioned can't play forever and we need to get the next lot through also just speaking to Di a couple of hours ago like yourself with vast amount of experience both sides of the bridge he was saying this is actually the toughest period he's been through as a coach because they're having to reselect sides every week depending on who's got COVID they're preparing for games that don't happen they're not quite sure what's happening around is this period actually harder even than than the last couple of years have been because there seems to be even more uncertainty at the moment than ever. It's the hardest that I've witnessed, for sure. I'd agree with Di 100%. Being a, in professional sport requires resilience, for sure. And, of course, you know, we have to lead by example and they take the lead from us. So, But that's been tested. I think we've had personal tragedy in our group as well, um, which has been emotionally draining and... And lots of change. We live in a world that's 
uh, the rugby world that we is, is very much formulaic and schedule driven. So it's almost like a, a crutch, if you like, an emotional crutch to organise our worlds around, if you like. And that is changing on an hourly basis. I mean, the team changed four times in four hours last week. And then the knock on the ripple effect from that is so does the training, so does what we can do with who we can't competitively train how are we going to do that so it, you're just basically in survival mode for a bit for quite a bit but we still turned out a lot of good stuff you know we were two minutes away from winning and you know we'll do exactly the same that we do we, we just have to roll our sleeves up and get on with it but yeah it's certainly been tough for sure which is interesting to say the least both Di Young and Toby Booth have a lot of experience to call on to make those statements but let's hear as well from Will Griffiths in a season when he's made big strides forward. I've been going all right I, so far. Um, yeah, enjoying it personally, enjoying it as well. Got a bit of game time, so yeah, it's going all right. You played second role, Will. You spent most of the season playing at number six. Do you have a preference? No, really cliche, but just happy to be playing, you know. Um, yeah, playing second role last week. Had to get the Vaseline back on the years and stuff like that, so... But it was a nice change. Equally, I like playing back row as much as second row. I just I don't mind flicking between the both. So, was it good to play alongside Adam? Yeah, he's uh, obviously he's been teaching me last few years growing up with him. Him, likes of Lloydie, Al, obviously Brad as well. Got some, you know, big names there to learn off. So he's always been there or thereabouts, and he's taught me a lot. So yeah, it's good. The senior boys here are great. You know, they help all the youngsters out. Um, and at the minute, it's a good blend between seniors and youth, I think. So, yeah. Playing alongside a few of your mates there then in Morgan Morris. Obviously, I grew up with Morgan. We both went to Galton School along with a few of the other boys here. And then it's good to play alongside them all. The best people in the world. So just to learn off them, see them how they train, see the things they do is just special for us youngsters to copy off. The Ospreys seem to be doing a really good job of producing powerful young forwards at the moment with the people that you know the inspirational figures around you quite a few of them Bradley Tips Dan Lydiot all got an interesting coaching as well is that more than coincidence that actually they're playing a big role in molding the likes of yourself and the other players around you uh, yeah I think it is like um, for us younger boys when we was even younger again to see like to the likes of them training and stuff like that that you do almost want to try and replicate what they've done and as well, they're all top top people, so they don't mind helping you. They don't mind steering you in the right direction, teaching you things every day. So, yeah, definitely, they have a massive role to play on uh, on the way us youngsters have come through. But they're all people who are also taking a great interest in their coaching futures, aren't they? They're all people who are involved, officially or unofficially, in in the in a coaching process somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah, you can see that as well the way they teach us. So, yeah, it is good. Looking ahead to the. Six Nations period. You're looking forward to the idea that there may be more games in that period that would give you more time on the pitch in all probability. Yeah, definitely. Anytime you know you can play, get appearances for Ospreys, I'd be happy. So, yeah, definitely. I just, like I said earlier, I just want to play as much as I can, to be honest, and because uh, I'm enjoying it, I'm doing it. That's it from the first Welsh Rugby Union podcast of the new year. Plenty more next week and throughout the year to come. But until then, goodbye. Thank you.